You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 438, Tales of the Legion 322, Lost Among the Missing. And welcome to episode 438 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am back into the swing of things, kid. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, you know, vacation's over, and uh, oh, that's okay, because yeah. March break is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, this is what happens when you when you spend, like, 16 years at the same company and have a, a whole lot of vacation. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take that for this, too. But didn't you just have vacation two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah but How I've bad. got a lot of weeks, <laughs> and best best I use them now. Indeed, yeah, indeed, yeah. So there is that, but uh, yeah, spent some uh, some good quality Legoland time with the kids. They were oh, very sweet. excited when we went to Legoland in Florida to get their picture taken with Wildside. Oh. Nice. Yes. I didn't oh, know yeah. she was making personal appearances. Well, in Lego form. Uh, well, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And uh, and so so yeah, they did that, and uh, they they loved Legoland. Uh, both kids got their driver's license. Woohoo! For Legoland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. And uh, and um, it has renewed the excitement to at some point. God, I don't know when, but at some point, see the uh, the Lego Batman movie because I hear uh, it's fantastic. I have heard it is really funny. That's what I've heard. But I'm woefully behind on my movies. So I'm with you, sir. I'm with you. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's me. That's me. That's over you. Over to you, sir. Uh, because you I have news. I, I have news. I am Darren Noel, and I am Gunkle, dude. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I am officially the uncle. Those of you who don't know, my uh, nephew Christopher James showed up around ten forty p.m. Um, on last Wednesday. Yeah. Um, he, he was. I was thinking this kid was not going to show up till March second, but he showed up on March first. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's going to make us wait. He's going to make us wait. Um, word of advice: if you're ever waiting in a waiting room for ten hours, and we were in and out of the room, but I, I, I was the one who had to babysit the, um, the twelve-year-old because mm. everyone else was in there helping with the actual birthing process, and he was going to be underfoot obviously so uh we went out to the uh, waiting room and we i read comics and he had his little nintendo ds and we were fine we geek bonded nice nice but you have to remember to go get dinner at a reasonable hour because now they have maternity wards that are you know in a building outside the regular hospital right um and that's where we were and that that cafe closed at five yeah and and and, and i Trying it's to leave the premise, yeah, and trying to leave the premises even in good weather is, is dicey because they lock that shit down. Yes, yes, they do, and so we we didn't eat for seven hours, and I got the hangry on the way home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was, I was, I had the windows rolled down to keep awake. I didn't hit my door until like one thirty in the morning, 
I had to call the boss and said, I'm going to need an extra hour tomorrow morning. Sorry, I just can't. I need I need to sleep. So, you know. I'm going to need some time. I am too old for this crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that was me this past week. Yay. Well, there we have it. So, um, Legion News. Is, okay. we, got, we got stuff. We do uh, have a little stuff. And and I'm actually going to start off with something that is sort of more tangentially Legion related. Um, but uh, given how much, that, sir. but given how much time I have spent um, in in our sort of off time with uh, the New Adventures of Superboy series, uh, I feel that it is important to note that uh, to note the passing still, you know, Legion headquarters. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the the passing of uh, of comics inker Dave Hunt. Oh. Dave Hunt is like, like to me, Superboy is Kurt Schaffenberger pencils, Dave Hunt on inks. Okay. Okay. Like so that. Dave Hunt was, was, the, was the man as far as that goes. And he was the guy, he also often inked Kurt Swan on Superman and gave it. And, and, and so, you know, sort of in that um, early eighties time frame, uh-huh. uh, which means the man was a machine. Yeah, totally. right, and uh, you know, because uh, and I mean, not to not to also forget that that Kurt Swan was doing action and Superman at the same time for a long stretch there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Dave Hunt passed away uh, today, I believe, according to Paul Levitt's uh, Facebook page, and uh, oh. found found a, um, a you know he said it's it's bad enough losing a lot of the Golden Age guys, but now seeing some of these second. Uh, generation guys start to start to pass is uh uh he, he found unnerving uh but dave dave hunt passed away at age 75 he had been fighting uh cancer for a while and took a turn for the worst following surgery a few weeks ago this uh is courtesy of uh the beat uh from heidi mcdonald um he is one considered one of the essential bronze age inkers working on multiple marvel and dc titles including over kurt swan on superman in the 80s and over john byrne for a while as well um i also did note um uh kurt schaffenberger uh, you know he did much of kurt's run on uh on superboy uh, he also worked at Disney Comics on some of their key projects, on and then also on Scooby Doo and just about everything else at one time or another. His oh, true Scooby-Doo. love, his true love of uh, in art though was uh, was painting, uh, haunting hyperreal yeah. still lifes that told stories of mystery and loss through their moody lighting and composition. Uh, Heidi mentions that she worked with Dave as an editor uh, at D- Disney for several years, and she said, "And as you do with the anchor." who is tasked with getting things back on schedule, we talked on the phone a lot. Uh, she was stunned when she learned about his uh, parallel printing career and was truly mesmerized by his paintings. In recent years, he'd been turning to paintings of caves and other natural scenes. Uh, his art website went down a while ago, and the Wayback Machine has only titles, and hopefully someone will restore some of this art for the Internet to enjoy. Uh, Heidi sa- uh, continues saying, Like Alfredo Alcala... Oh, that's a that's a, a hell of an anchor too. Uh, she said, "Dave taught me a lot about the artist's life, life and vision. While ink, while inking desperately late pages far into the night, an ashtray their companion paid the bills. Painting was where they put their deepest thoughts, and they were beautiful thoughts. And um, and she actually shows a couple. So I I'd, I'd say head over to comicsbeat.com and look up the." Uh, 
um, the Dave Hunt uh, obit. I think it's a, a nice tribute, and she shows a, a couple of just gorgeous paintings that he had, that he had done, as well as one of his Spider-Man pages. And um, anyway, so uh, so rest in peace, Dave Hunt. Um, on the so on the somewhat more frivolous side, um, let's talk some Legion news. Uh, there okay. is a, a new solicit for uh, Supergirl number nine, uh, Escape from the Phantom Zone Part One. Trapped in the Phantom Zone, Supergirl and Batgirl must face the Phantom King to escape. But what deadly team is the Emerald Empress building? Hmm. Um, the Fatal Five. You were right. More um, than likely. Uh, yeah. And what does it have to do with the future of the Girl of Steel? There's a good question. So, so there's that. There is also, um, if uh, you remember, we talked a few weeks ago about that uh, um, Adventure 247 homage that featured uh, Brainiac 5, uh, Ultra Boy, and Lightning Lass, and this was um, posted on Carl Kiesel's page. And the one thing he left out was Bugs Bunny. <laughs> well, uh, if you look closely, super it looks bugs. It's yeah, super bugs. Yeah, if you look closely, it looks a bit like Bugs Bunny. If, if had there not been a caption, uh, as our our fr- good friend Murray mentioned, you know, w- were it not for the title of the article telling us it was Bugs, yeah, uh, it was a you know, I'm not sure. That's uh, it's an odd model they're using for Bugs, but uh, the the Grummet art, the Grummet Kiesel art, ah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, I'm trying to find the. I thought I had the actual uh, details. And they're doing here. a whole bunch of crossovers for that, aren't they? They're doing a whole bunch of DC characters and Looney Tunes mashups. Correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I thought I had those here, but I. I okay, here we go. Um, the the actual solicit. And this comes from our good friend Josh Wilson. Uh-huh. Of course, he likes it. Ultra Boy, second position. Um. Wow. I have nothing to say about that, actually. I, of course he likes it. He's a fan of Ultra Boy. I think I've well, said nothing wrong here. No, you didn't. You didn't. Um, and I and I stand corrected. That cover is actually by Tom Grummet and Scott Hanna. Mm. Why was Carl Kiesel posting it then? Mm. Curious. Uh, anyway, written by Sam Humphreys, art and cover by Tom Grummet and Scott Hanna. The Legion of Superheroes always thought they'd taken their inspiration from the 21st century Superboy. But when they try to bring that hero into their future time, the, the team discovers to their surprise the Cape Champion isn't who or even what they expected. Uh, 48 pages. Yeah. Wow. Coming out uh, June 14th. So, yeah, we'll be talking That's about that. That's a lot of pages right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, you're right, though. There are a bunch of these that they're doing, and um... I saw Tasmanian Devil and Wonder Woman, which that's interesting. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, really? Okay. Okay. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Who, am to, Who am I to say no to that? I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Absolutely. And something else. I know we had talked about this book uh, when when it was coming out. Um, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> Um, but, um, I don't think we ever got specifically into one, one of the, uh, one of the very Legion related aspects of it. Uh, and I'm talking of course of the love is love, uh, compilation, 
Um, yeah. This is the uh, the comic book anthology to benefit the Equality Florida Institute, which is basically for uh, um, supporting the survivors of uh, the the survivors and the families of the victims of the uh, of the Pulse nightclub shooting uh, in back in June. And uh, this was put together by uh, by Mark Andreco, mm-hmm. who deserves like huge props. All for this. the credit for oh, it. Oh, yeah, huge really. props! And uh, um, and and you know and you know IDW uh, put this out with some assistance from DC Comics and uh, and actually I gotta say the Dan DiDio piece in here with mm-hmm. with uh, with Estranio and uh, and and all those guys is is really a, a neat piece it is um, it really is a neat piece it actually should be in canon that conversation is in my canon it's phenomenal yeah. isn't it like like just yeah. just really if you want to talk about how comics have handled these 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 characters it's it's fascinating and how awful they've been handled in the past yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely and uh and so this thing you know of course includes work uh, by our, by our friend phil jimenez Cat Staggs, Steve Orlando, Gail Simone, uh, Matt Bomer, Paul Dini, Morgan Spurlock, Ming Doyle, Joe Kelly. Uh, sorry, it's just my the light in this room is horrible, and I'm old. <laughs> Lumos. Um, <laughs> it didn't work from there, did it? Jay, uh, so yes, uh, Jay uh and I'm probably butchering that. Uh, yeah, I can't. I just can't read that last name. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, Brian Michael Bendis, Bendis uh, Mark Bernardin, Marguerite Bennett, Ed Luce, Matt Wagner, Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, James Asmus, Mark Miller, Paul Jenkins, Cena Grace, Philip Tan, Willow Wilson, Jose Filarubia, Taryn Killam, Jim Lee, um, an X. I don't know. Judd Winnick, Mike Carey, P. Craig Russell, Brad Meltzer, Patton Oswalt, Donna Barr, Car- Carla Speed McNeil, and many more. And it it's it's a phenomenal read, and I gotta say, it's it's moving as hell. I uh Oh yeah. I Yeah. I I, I, I read it I so, you know yeah. I read it when it when it when it when it first when it first came out. And, uh, and I read it again this week because I actually bought a copy for another friend of mine. And, um, and she messaged me two days later and she's like, she's just like sobbing constantly. She's like, I didn't know comics could do that. Cause she's not a comics person. And I was like, you gotta read this cause it's fucking incredible. And, uh, and, and, you know, cause they could like, like. This is this just shows the uh, I mean, part of it is is the subject matter, certainly. But mm-hmm. it, al- it also just shows that the, the talent of the people involved that you can read this. You can read like a single a single page story and just be a puddle of goo at the and end be of a it. Mess. Yeah, oh, be my a mess. God. Um, and and so it, it's it's yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It is it really amazing work. Um you know, through and through, and just uh, again, a testament to the power of what comics can do. Uh, but there is a um, very specifically a Legion-related story. There is. 
and that is I'm just trying to actually get to it because I want to it's make sure. A, I think it's a one pager with Saturn Girl and Superboy. It, it is, and um, and so basically what it involves is uh, Superboy being um, being basically f- flown through the future with with Saturn Girl, and she's explaining to him uh, a, a, an important change in the wor- in the world and how. Um, you know this this horrible horrible tragedy became a what would you say a beacon sort of a um, kind of like a, a beacon a, a, a turning uh, point a turning point yeah. I guess is the best word for it. We're um, like no, we're not going to do this anymore. So, and it was written by Matt Sturgis, who uh, we we also have seen his we've seen his work everywhere, uh, yeah. but but most notably Jack of All Trades, mm-hmm. Jack of All Trades. I'm Jack of sure. Hearts, maybe I, both. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of Jacks in comics, so you know. Yeah, but this was uh, tied into fables, and and ah, so gotcha. you know because he's one of the Willingham guys, um, like like um, um, the other Willingham guy. <laughs> the other one, you know him, that guy, that guy over there. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, um, Chris Robertson, that's who. Oh, I'm okay, thinking. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and um, Jack of Fables. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah doesn't it? Fables. Yeah, it's Jack of Fables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, he was he was the writer on that, and uh, he wrote he you know wrote he's done a ton of ton of DC work, uh, both both in Vertigo and uh, and mainstream DCU. Um, and so, so he wrote that, and the art was by John Lucas, um, and colored by uh, Michael Wigan, and uh, lettered by Sal Capriano. And yeah, so so they they have they basically have the um, um, the, the 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 nightclub site set up as a uh, as as a shrine basically. And uh, so, but it was just neat to see the Legion in there, and uh, and also I kind of really dug the message that they had with it. And so, if you haven't got this already, what are you thinking? Um, no, seriously, check it out, and 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 I, and we're making it easy for you. There's a link on our site, and. There is no. This isn't one of those. Hey, if you go through the link on our site, we get a kickback. No, it's not that. No, we don't. It's yeah, literally. Don't. It's a link just just to make it easier for you to find this book because it is fantastic. And uh, I happened to. And, and as I say, I happened to be uh, at a meeting at the Toronto Reference Library, and uh, they have. Uh, this is where they hold the annual uh, Toronto Comic Arts Festival. And uh, so because uh, a lot of people have come to identify it with that, they've actually opened a comic store in the uh, in the reference library. And oh, sweet. yeah, and it's in and it's a so and it's a, a calf store. So it's a lot of indie stuff and uh, mm-hmm. and they have some mainstream stuff in there, too. But it, but it's uh, it's it, it's kind of it's a really neat uh, retail space. And so if you're if you are around the Toronto area you should check it out but um and also coming up in May is is the Toronto Comic Arts Festival but they had a big they had a big display set up of this and I and I was thinking of a friend of mine who I knew would would dig it and who wasn't a comic reader and I thought yeah she needs to read this and I got it for her and uh <laughs> and you you made her cry oh you made her cry. lots <laughs> yeah. 
and I'm okay with that. I actually sent I actually uh, sent uh, Mark Andreco a message about this the other day because when I got the text back from her, I, I said I said to him, you know, it's like, yeah, she said I didn't know comics could do this, and it's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like reading any other story, really. It, it, of course it is. Of course uh, it is. Yeah. And and uh, people who don't think about that, they think, oh, it's a funny book, you know. It's like no, I'm not, exactly, not really. and. A lot of real powerful stuff in there, so definitely check it out. Love is love, uh, and it is and on. Those of you, there's one more thing about that book that's a first, and it's the first time they ever got officially licensed comic book art for the Harry Potter characters. Yeah, and it's done by, yes, it is, and it's done by Jim yeah. Lee, and it is phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah, so... you know that was a Diane Nelson uh, string oh, pull. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that was a string pull there, easy. So if you've if you've wanted if you have a Harry Potter collection, this is the only comic book art. Yeah. Uh, any Harry Potter characters out there in this book? So there yeah, you, go. It, you know, except for Books of Magic, of course. Well, let's not. <laughs> um, in in uh, in other things, we agree. Doctor Occult is Hufflepuff, right? We agree on that. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Um. And uh, also on uh, Paul Levitz's site, um, and that is paullevitz.com, uh, he posted on March 4th uh, a, an interview that he did. Well, and it, it wasn't so much an interview. It was basically he teaches a course um, at uh, Columbia University in New York. And he had, uh, and and so, or he co-teaches this course. And so what he did is he invited uh, Karen Berger in uh, for a conversation. And, uh, you know, they talked a bit about her new imprint at Dark Horse, Burger Books, which, uh-huh. like, who is, you, you know, you, you got to be in on this, right? Everyone's um, like, who's Karen Berger? And I want to slap them. They, you know, those who... Uh, because I'm like you don't know your history. Those Stop. who those 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 who don't know don't matter, and those who don't matter, I can't something like that. Those who don't matter don't matter, right? Yeah, yeah something, something, something. Dark side. Um. Anyway, um, it talks about her history in the comics business and how she started out and how she uh, basically, uh, you know, she was a, a good friend of, of Mark, uh, Mark Demetrius, uh, who, who had done a little bit of work for DC at that point. And, um, and so 21 year old Karen Berger became Paul Levitz's assistant, mainly because she wasn't into comics. He wanted someone to come in who, who uh, didn't know anything about comics and, you know, who wasn't a comics person as it were. And uh, so she became his assistant, and um, and then he kind of mentored her into the into the editing side of things. And uh, oh dear! All right, and we're back. Curse you, computer! Uh, anyway, so she talked about uh, yeah, computer sucks. So she uh, took the. Uh, took the job at the uh at that young age and then he mentored her into uh into editing and it kind of goes through the whole uh you know development of uh, of the mature line and uh and how part of that was just that she came from a different a different area and so you know she talked about um uh you know coming up with uh angel love and amethyst prince of gem world you know or princess of gem world how she was basically the those were titles that that she edited 
and uh, uh-huh. and and Amethyst was one of her favorites, and um, so well, she Amethyst had a really special place, you know, in DC mythology. Oh, absolutely! It was kind of like a a nod to Shira, yeah, in a way, um, which was really popular at the time with teenage girls mm-hmm. um, and and preteen girls on TV at least. So. You know, there were lots of uh, lots of little things out there for for girls in that sword and so- sorcery era, but this was one without the um, TNA, you know, of uh, yeah. maybe a warlord character. You know, it, it was more wholesome and more, you know, agreeable to uh, parents. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Age, you know, I would say. I mean, it had its moments. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't. Uh, I would say Black Black Opal was very much in the Skeletor cloth of villainy, so you know. Yeah, and there was also just that that neat kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, hero fantasy where it's the where it's the you know the the uh, little girl who suddenly becomes a hero, uh, you know, a magical princess. <laughs> you know, there's a it's it's kind of, you know it's kind of the. Uh, uh, the equivalent of like of of like a Spider Man story where it's someone who's like, yeah, that could be me, mm-hmm. could and be. you know, and uh, uh, yeah, so so kind of a neat uh, neat little thing there. Anyway, but it's a great it's a great little uh, so it's a transcript of the whole class and uh, and well worth checking out because it, it you know it talks a lot about uh, how you know if it weren't for Jeanette Kahn, modern comics would not be modern comics. And uh, and this is something that uh, you know she, her role often gets overlooked, and uh, and so they give her a lot of a lot of credit, and they talk about you know getting uh, uh, guys like Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore uh, in, and uh, and how um, uh, what was it uh, when they w- 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 her books that, that were were known as the Burgerverse before Vertigo started, um, and. Yeah. And Levitt says, so we're starting to have a handful of books that are being jokingly referred to as the Burgerverse. And they have a characteristic in them that I would later describe in conversation with you as, you know your book is working if it bothers me. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and, uh, but to his credit, like, like that was, you know, he would, he, you know, it's like, all right, it must be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they also talked briefly about when she... Um, started working on Legion of Superheroes. Um, you know, because basically he started out with having her, um, he was editing House of Mystery, and he said, well, I want to see if you know how to edit. And so he said, well, we'll edit together on the first issue. And uh, and then after the first issue, he took his name off and left it with her. And, uh, and, and there and, you go. And there yeah. it began, exactly. And um, one of her, one of the stories in her first issue got rejected by the Comics Code. Um, no! Yeah. Uh, How and, dare they? And she and she says she was crestfallen. It was written by Demetrius, and she says she was crestfallen. And she says, "Now I wear it as a badge of honor." Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah. But she said three and a half years later, when we were closing down the series because no one was buying it anymore, she said, "I did manage to sneak that story in." The comics code at that point was, and Levitt says, "Neutered." And she, done, yeah. and she says, yeah. and it went through with flying colors. The story was called Government did. Vampire. I think it was a soldier in Vietnam huh? who gets bitten in a cave and eventually comes back to America and becomes president. And uh, Ed Levitt says, prescient already. <laughs> uh-huh. um, 
Except that guy went to war. Um, but um, well, that, but you know. Eh. Anyway, it is a really interesting read, and if you're any in any way a fan of uh, of comics history and you know sort of modern comics history, it's a it's a must read. Um, and uh, she'll get into a lot of the sort of how the models how the models changed, and of course, again, um, uh, Burger Books is is her. Um, is her new imprint from Dark Horse, and mm-hmm. I think that's gonna, you know, it's it's a it's a whole line of comics that uh, was was um, announced uh, basically a couple of weeks back, and uh-huh. uh, um, so I don't know if they actually talked about specific books yet, but um, anyway. Uh, Oh, that's yeah. So, uh, so they said uh, basically it's uh, Karen Berger, the legendary award-winning comic book editor and founder of DC Comics' influential imprint Vertigo, will acquire, edit, and oversee Berger Books, a new line of creator-owned comics with and graphic novels to be pu- published by Dark Horse Comics. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Richardson, president and publisher of Dark Horse, said, Karen is someone I've always respected and admired. She's a visionary thinker, one of the most highly regarded in- individuals in the comic book industry. Her fiercely independent streak and forward-looking storytelling instincts are a perfect match for Dark Horse Comics. We'll have more news in the near future, but today we're thrilled to announce that Karen Berger and Berger Books have found the perfect home at Dark Horse Comics. Um, so, more to come. Um, it almost feels like we should call her the Burger Meisters. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No. No. Believe you know. me. That's that's occurred. Uh. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm sure. And um. Anyway, but but one of the other things I forgot is that of course she didn't start editing uh, Legion until two ninety five. Uh-huh. So it was actually just after Great Darkness Saga. Uh-huh. Um. But one of the things that she said um was how she wasn't into the superhero stuff. Um. Which you know, given her uh, trajectory, is no surprise. Um, but he pointed out that he said, you know, uh, what was it? Um, oh yeah. So, so he said, uh, for the first, so for a couple of years, most of your work is doing maintenance work on existing titles. Some fun stuff. We got to work on Legion of Superheroes. He says during some of the best work that I did. Uh, he says, an incredible editor to, to work with. She would find, she says, yeah, right after the Great Darkness Saga, I started on 295. And he said, yeah, well, she would find where you went off the rails in the process. Not where she wanted it a different way, but where we're, you weren't achieving what you set out to do. And that is editing. That That is editing, yes. And I mean, um, You need to have a point A and a point B. And if you go to point J... Yeah, I just love that though that, that she points she points out that it was the um um you know she she points out that it, it is you know you had a vision and you kind of fell fell away from it and so she's helping the writer reach their vision mm. and uh and that's 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 what I really kind of admire about that. Uh oh, but he said uh he says but for all you say you didn't like superheroes, you were doing Legion, which was the second best-selling book in the line. And she goes, "Yeah, but that was soap opera, not the typical adolescent power fantasy." Yeah, true. That that, that that's one sentence really sums up a lot of things about Legion that makes it different, right? Mhm. 
And, uh, you know, it was that ongoing soap opera nature of it where we were very, very caught up in the characters mm-hmm. um, and, and not. Uh, but the, the actual adolescent power fantasy part of it, well, that wasn't so important. Well, I mean that that was the that was the big thing back then the the successful books, uh, Candy X Men, yeah. Teen Titans, Legion, Swamp Thing. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't about for heroes punching supervillains. It was about the characters, and the supervillains are kind of the thing that happened, you know, in between those moments. But when you look at a book like Justice League and Avengers, it those books really suffered during that era because there wasn't the characterization that you see nowadays. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so so I think um, lots to uh, lots to be interested in there, folks. You know, there's some there's some some cool stuff coming up, and uh, and um, and also you know that that is an opportunity for you to read some fun stories, uh, to to read about sort of just uh-huh. some fun development of of comics and. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else on there. Nothing yet. All right. Okay. So, I suppose we should get to our book at some point. <laughs> if you want to. Isn't there more to discuss? We discussed oh, everything? There always is. There's always more. <laughs> okay. So, I think I did the last issue. So, why don't you take this one? Sure thing. I can do this one. Uh, we are doing... Um, I believe it is Tales of the Legion of Heroes, Dawnstar, uh, What Have You Done on the cover here. Oh, yeah. Um, That's the one, 322. So we had just done the, um, the first one um, of the series of Exile. Um, at least I believe so. Yeah, Snow and Arrows, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Snow and Arrows. A Tale of Fire and Ice. Uh, yeah. um, yes. Oh, see, they, that's where they stole it from. That's where they got it from. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, so on the cover, you have Dawnstar looking rather um, dark and angry and murderous. Yeah. And uh, there's Franny behind her going, Dawnstar, what have you done? It's a Dan Jurgens cover with Carl Kiesel, assumingly on inks or assisting, one of the two. Yeah. And this is uh, cover date April 85. Yeah, so at at the time, it turns out um, uh, Jurgens was pretty busy. He was in the midst of um, of the Sea Devil series at this time as well, mm. which I believe was Mishkin and Cone, which is uh, no, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, they were, they, yes, Dan Mishkin was co writing with Natalie from Facts of Life. Um, Girls, girl. <laughs> Anything to get a Mrs. Garrett reference in there. Too. Indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> yes, no, Dan Mishkin and Gary Cohn, who were the creators of Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld. Oh, there you go. You see, see how it circle. all comes together? Circle. Yes. Circle, um, and we see, um, we open up, and this is a scene like right out of Star Trek. Um, <laughs> we have the High Priestess. Yes. And she is uh, belaboring something bad that has happened because of the outsiders that have come. Mm. And the core, and we the core were wait, part wait, of the Wait, 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 wait. We, we lost you for like forever. So there's a high priestess. Yeah. There's a high priestess. Yes. <laughs> who apparently 
who apparently has <laughs> something to say. Yeah, she, she's got a lot to say. There's a lot of words on this page. And she's basically setting up how the coming of the winged demon woman has caused um, Jodan and Ina to turn their back on their deity. Blah, 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 bloop, bloop, bloop. And now she's going to pass judgment because Cole says she should. Yeah. It's hard to check with the home office on this when the home office says she should be executed. But, but uh, the appeal process is very difficult. You have to go through HR. There you go. Um, yeah. And it's just so we we're given lost among the missing. Uh, Mindy Newell uh, um, is the um, uh, plot assist. Dan Jurgens. Ooh, they really made this really difficult for me to read in the digital. Um, and it's yeah. not them. It's not the scan. It's the way they did this in the actual book. Dan Jurgens layouts. Carl Kiesel finishes. Ben Oda letterer. Carl Gaffer colorist. And Karen Berger editor. Woot. Yeah. So there you go. And basically, uh, this this lovely lady is is telling all of her peeps because they're all there. Hey, we're gonna bring the pain to Jodan and this this winged demon woman. And one of them says, is it not possible that he's just toying with her, you know, like on, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey? And she's like, no, it is not possible. <laughs> Nate to you. Um, and this goes on, yeah, and on and on. Meanwhile, we are um, back at a campsite where Dawnstar is, and she's standing there. And we have a blue sky with a red sun. Oh. Uh, very weird looking, obviously, because we don't get that here. Um and by blue and red, I mean primary blue and red. It's, yeah. It's very vibrant. And um, Dawnstar is thinking so beautiful, and yet how strange that this unknown man could touch my heart so deeply. I don't even know his name, but last night I felt as if I'd known him forever. No matter last night is gone, I must think of today and of escape. <laughs> yeah, channel those sunboy powers, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have responsibilities to uphold. And she's like, my wings are still so tender from yesterday. Without a med kit, it will take days for them to heal naturally. So I must try to find Brainiac 5, or at least the, his cruiser. I am responsible for getting us into this mess. If I had not flown off so recklessly, we'd still be together, and Brainiac would still be alive. No, I can't accept that idea until I see his body. There could be other reasons why he didn't track me. See, she's, read, she's read comics. Yeah, she she has. knows you don't see a but body. It's also like maybe maybe she's the tracker, and maybe she should be doing the tracking. I don't know. And Brainy could have sat at his cruiser and go, "Well, I'll just wait on her here." Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, Donnie tries to leap into the sky, um, but she's she's very weak, and her um, wings are are in too much pain, and she falls back down and face plants. Ow! And she yells, "Curse those barbarians!" And then Ina. Uh, shows up with a sword, going somewhere, which woman? And uh, Donnie says, there's no need to impale me with that saber. I was just planning a look around myself. And she spins around and kicks Ina in the booby. Mm. Ow. And she says, I'm tired of dealing with your primitive methods of enslavement, child. I have no need for artificial modes of defense. Now you will regret treating a legionnaire as you would an animal. And Ina's like, you want to fight? Okay, monster, come on. The core is not to be dealt with lightly. And you'll find I'm not as easily bewitched as Jodan. Oh, and, it uh, is Don, on. It is on. We're having a cat fight. And Jodan wakes up. Ina, hold. What is the meaning of this novitiate? And, of course, Jodan is wearing a loincloth and carrying a sword a la anything Mike Grell ever drew. Um, which is beautiful, because I like Mike Grell's drawing. But oh, still. yeah. 
Ina's um, saying, I caught the witch trying to escape, teacher, but the Septus did their job well. Her wings are too damaged to enable it to fly. And I was merely reinforcing the power of silence. You forget yourself, novitiate. It seems the more the higher up in power you are, the more you yell at people underneath this, you. The, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yelling. There's a thing going on. Um, your proper course of action would have been, should have been to awaken me. If I had done so, it would have already been gone. But you just told me her wings are too crippled to let her fly. Enough of this, Ina. I understand you were doing what you thought was right. Now go and see to our mana, and also pray that Cole overlooks your arrogance. But, oh, forgive me, teacher. I will settle with you yet, Yerdling, she thinks to herself. And Dawnstar is like something in the child's tone of voice. She was hurt trying to fight his battles. She loves him, duh. And he's totally unaware of it. Hello. <laughs> but, but how do I feel about him? Ina was right. Why did I feel a need to criticize this is your don talking uh thinking now why does the woman stare at me like that i cannot turn away call on heaven am i bewitched meanwhile brainy is skinny dipping yeah wow unpack that for a second yeah just, just hold on to that the scientist is skinny dipping well he's bathing yeah yeah well you, i don't know where they get the soap from but yeah he's in water <laughs> um, and uh, Brainy's like, in my estimation, it really wasn't such a bad idea of my friend over there to insist on sleep last night Ooh. or this morning swim either. Amazing how refreshing water can be, even without all the normal technological refinements. Of course, this planet hasn't had centuries of pollution to contend with. Time to begin, however, and uh, he gets out of the water, only to find that his clothes and his force field belt are gone, and so is Spliff. Remember, that's the name of the dude that's helping him out. Right. And, and Brainy's like, Spliff, wear my clothes. I need friends aroma pleasing now, but his tunic, pew. But if Spliff's comrade wants them, I place them there. <laughs> Apparently, Brainy's clothes stink. Shocker. And Brainy is like, I shouldn't get angry at him. He's only trying to help me. I've been lucky, <laughs> at least. He's, he's friendly, even if he is a schizophrenic. I can only hope Dawnstar has met the same assistance. Spliff, I'm sorry, I... Now where did he go? And Spliff is meditating. And he says things like, Kola Shante Daya Zomni Mana Krishna. Yeah. Um, and Bernie says, I hear him, but that chanting can't understand all the words. Something about Cole, but that's it. I'm going to go over there. What's he doing? Drawing a map of some sort? Can't quite make it out yet. Is it possible Spliff can lean him back to the cruiser? And Spliff is... Uh, closed eyes, drawing a map, and chanting. And Brainy's like, wait, I know those symbols. They're crude, rudimentary, yet nine concentric circles with a central sphere, archaic Greek symbols for man and woman, and the dots, a binary representation of the number three. All of them together can only mean one conclusion, Earth. Yeah. But does it mean Spliff is from Earth or only knows of it? Meanwhile, back at Legion headquarters, Element Lad's back. Yay. Uh... And Dreamy One is glad that he's back at the helm. Yeah. I think I've had quite enough of handling leadership responsibility for a while. And Ellen says, You did a good job while I was missing Dream Girl. See LSH 6 through 8 KB. Thank you, KB. But I have to admit, it feels good to be in command again. You deserve it. Thanks, I. And Wildfire walks in. Yeah, maybe if you've been around, little lad, Donnie would be safe and sound like everybody else. <laughs> I can't do Mr. T. I'm sorry. Yeah, that 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 was you like know, a yeah. that was like a, a very sort of ebullient Obama, <laughs> more than anything else. Oh wow, really? Oh. <sighs> you know, lady, I used to think you were a capable leader. 
used to defend you and everybody else said you were nothing but vain and selfish, but not anymore, sister. I think you're a uh, hold it right there, Mr. Dreamy cuts him off. My personal life is none of your business. As for my selfishness, Dawnstar is not alone, you know. Or have you forgotten Brainiac 5? Brainy? The two of you experimented together on Donnie, doing unnatural things that are attracting powers, and an elemental ad chimes in. Drop it, Wildfire, now. Dawnstar agreed to their plan. Nobody forced her. And Dream Girl already sent a beacon telling them to come home. Now apologize. No apologies are necessary, Element Lad. I'm not making any, lady. From now on, <laughs> just stay out of my way. <laughs> and Element Lad says, Sorry, Dreamy. Did you get an answer from Brainy? And she's like, Don't worry about it. No, but they were deep within the galactic core. They probably just turned around to save time. And Wildfire thinks, Donnie, I know I've lost you. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, Donnie is on the back of a Tauntaun or a Tauntaun-like creature. And she's thinking, more and more I feel the pull of this planet, of him. I don't even know where we're going. And I don't care like she does, poor little girl. So in love, so afraid of me. And I'm just behind her going, I hate this creature. There's a lot of thinking in, in this uh, whole plot because we got three people together who all yeah. are thinking different things about each other. And it's very, very scary. And Jodan uh, looks back at Donnie and says, you must be tired in your weekend state. We will rest and eat now. Always the same kind smile. And it's like, why are we stopping, teacher? We must. Your prayers this morning did not bring mana. Gull is displeased with your behavior. Go hunt for food while I pray for your soul and our mana. I would have you do it, novitiate, but I do not want to risk our Lord's ire further. I am more forgiving of your behavior than he is. Another? There must be an altar every five kilometers. Is he going to stop and pray at every one? What kinds of gods bind these people together? And he's doing the same chant that um, Spliff is. Um, then we hear a rumble. Teacher, the skies! Cole, no, I am still your loyal servant. There's a rumble. Yeah. The sky has turned reddish, purple, magenta-y. If that's actually a color. <laughs> Magenta-esque? Yeah, yeah, magenta-like. And uh, Jadon says, and I have been faithful to my core brethren. Meanwhile, the core brethren are all in armor. That looks way more advanced than anything else. Yes. Uh, we've seen so far in the story. And they're like, death to the transgressors. Jodan's blood will be on my sword. We are ready to serve. Call. They're all whipped up into a frenzy. You know, like like um, holy wars do. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys says, this is nonsense, Ran. Jodan would sooner betray his own mother than call or the core. Be careful what you say, um, Lictio. Your words could be taken as heresy. Jodan is fallen and must be punished. Look. And there's um, the Reverend Mother on top of the highest peak, on top of the highest pyramid, on top of the highest dungeon. Basically saying, warriors of call, listen to the words of our Lord spoken through me, your Reverend Mother, Awayan. I hold the crystal of call. Be aware I speak for him and rush to obey me. See the gathering storm. Our father is angry. He must be appeased. Ride out, children. Ride out and bring me the transgressor. And we get a crackle of lightning and a kaboom and some more rumbling. The storm is not for you, but for the heretics that dare to try and hide from Cole. He will protect you. Destroy the weirdling and Ina, but bring me Jodan. Alright, so she's just ordered the death of two people and the return of one of her prized pupils, I guess. And the Reverend Mother walks into the temple. They are gone and my soul is empty. I'm getting too old. Soon I must ask Cole to take me beyond the doors. Never did I imagine that Jodan would fall. Others, yes, but never him. Each to his own destiny. My path was chosen long ago, and Jodan has chosen his. No more self-pity. The penitents await. 
Look at them. Do they know their world is about to crumble? You may begin. Call is ready. And I guess this is kind of like confessionals. It uh, seems that way, yeah. And one of the men says, I had a dream. I, I fear was sent from Call, Reverend Mother, about a fish in the sky, and it landed among the wheat fields and disgorged a man, but a man with green skin, and he stood there and laughed and cried. Reverend Mother, I am not done. And she's in shock, and she's thinking, it has begun. The time of the infidels. Oh, okay. Hmm. Meanwhile, Brainy's like watching Spliff. This is most peculiar. How much longer is Spliff going to keep that up? And he's still chanting. So many questions to be answered. There is a possibility that Spliff has, was marooned here, but that doesn't explain his dialect. Could Spliff possibly be that old? He looks youthful enough, but that's no A? <laughs> and um, some t- type of avian life form, which Aviax from the Wanderers has not had sex with yet. Right, yes. But while, but what are they carrying? And it's a basket. It looks like a typical picnic basket. Um, it picnic fell or baskets. Was it I know. Screw the ranger, boo boo. Um, and there's Fliff going mana for you, friend. Oh no, thanks. I don't have an analyzer with me. Please. And Brainy's like, very well. Ooh, curiously invigorating. Would Spliff's friend want more mana? Spliff's friend is curious. Tell me what you know of Earth. You don't like the mana, but it is from. I know, I know. Call. Oh, Lord. And elsewhere, two days later. So your search has ended, Rand. I was expecting you to show up, but not in such force. A Hawaiian would not be pleased if she learned of this. You're a fool as well as a heretic, Jodan. On whose blessed orders do you think we act? And Donnie's thinking. And of course, we're back to the three travelers. And they have met the army. Isn't that convenient? Um, yes. Donnie's like, I must move while I have the chance. Ugh. Oh, not climbing fast enough, but I have to keep trying. I do not completely understand what is happening, but it is obvious the strangers want me, and they would not treat me kindly. She's escaping. It flies! It is truly a demon! Um, <laughs> quickly, your arrows! Damn my wounds, so slow because of them. Higher, I must get higher. What should I do? Where do my loyalties lie? Ina's thinking. No, she is done. Call no harm, Jodan speaks. Can not... Cannot you see the error of your judgment? Rand, you have spoiled everything. I was bringing her back, but not like this. Not like this. And uh, Donnie has gotten away. Thank the spirits, I'm free again. Now my mission is to find Brainy or at least his cruiser. Then whatever the outcome, I can return home and forget this planet even exists. Hmm. Still, I cannot forget I found a friend, and he was kind and probably saved my life. Perhaps I should make sure he's all right. Legionnaires pay their debts. No! And uh, the, the guy and Jodan are having some mano-a-mano uh, combat. Hawaiian wanted you alive, Jodan, but I'm sure she'll not object to your death under these circumstances. Careful, Ron. You are always too presumptuous about our Lord's wishes, and I have no desire to travel beyond the great doors just yet. Whack! You're not going to get away with this, Jodan. Coward, attacking from behind. Speed too much, but I have to ignore the pain. And she dives. Uh, I must help. I do not want him to die. Watch it, stranger, and she uh, back kicks um, two of them into a tree. I do not care for these dishonorable rules of battle. And Jodan says, she returns to save my life? But if I must fight for my freedom and for his, I will fight by your rules. And she grabs one of their sabers. You will not help your teacher, Novitiant, as someone picks up uh, Ina. Let me go! Now face the anger of a true brother of Cole, Rond, as Jodan uh, attacks Rond. And um, he says, I will not let he who has 
been so kind to me. Oh, no, this is Dawnstar. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I will not let he who has been so kind to me die by the hands of one such as you. And um, one of the uh, people fighting her says, I, she fights with unhuman strength. <laughs> now I have you, which die as, no, I'm trapped. And what's really, I think the art here serves, doesn't tell this story properly. Um She's trying to fend off this guy with a with a sword in front of her, and he has a sword, yeah. like kind of towards her. But then the next panel, the swords are both at different angles, and he has impaled himself on the one Dawn Star was holding. It, it's very awkward. Um, yeah. And the the guy falls on the sword. Ah! And she's like, "Great spirit, no, he tripped and fell on the sword. Great spirit, he he cannot be dead. I cannot have killed. I cannot, but I have." Dun dun dun! Uh-huh. So um, now we switch to another scene entirely, um, and it is Dev M on the Dark Planets, or the, sorry, the Dark Circle's homeworld. Last report from Agent Red Sun indicated successful infiltration of Dark Circle homeworld. However, there has been no further contact. This is no cause to assume the mission has failed. Red Sun has proved adept at handling covert activities. Interstellar Counterintelligence Corps. It's kind of an interesting code word for Dev M, Red Sun. Yeah. Um, and there's Dev M in his Cthulhu Dr. Zoyberg outfit. And he says, so far so good, but I've been lucky. Big mistake not to take the time to find out this slug's name, especially since I'm him, thanks to my model distorter. Still, I've gotten away with the deception this far. No reason to think up a problem could come up now. Seems the real problem is what I found out about this slime hole. The ICC has never been able to give uh, the UP any solid info on the Dark Circle until now, and I've got a gut feeling that they're going to be pretty uncomfortable with what I've uncovered. The Alliance has proved to be more dangerous than we ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Have to get a transmission out to Aaron, but where? Ah, there. A quiet little corner that seems to have been collecting dust for a while. Hope she remembered to keep communications open. Come on, Siobhan. Prove to me I wasn't wrong about the brains underneath that pretty little head. And we see the Dark Circle looking in on what... DevM is doing, monitoring what he is up to. Should we stop him? DevM is no threat to us, nor is the science, nor is his science police contact. His own ego prevents him from suspecting that he's been monitored all this time. The ICC is playing right into our hands. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> and now we're back to Brainy and Spliff um, in a village in exile. And Brainy is questioning Spliff. <laughs> So I'm still curious, Swift, did you ever have a place called Earth? Earth? No, this is not called Earth. Swift makes this place home. It is my home, too. Sheesh, maybe I'm fooling myself trying to get sense out of a schizophrenic. Uh, and we see um, a band of um, street waifs come up to Swift. Swift, you're home. What did you bring us, Swift? Mana from coal? I want the big piece. The flowers of life bring joy, yes? Did you see coal on your trip, Swift? Coal is everywhere, Liana, even in your heart. The children seem to be able to communicate with Swift without any problem. Must be the innocence of youth. The poets uh, write, and uh, Brittany's thoughts are interrupted by a shriek. Ay, he's green! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone's like, perhaps he is sick. Yes, be quiet, and maybe he'll leave. <laughs> but he came with Swift. It must be okay. I, I didn't realize. These people have probably had no contact with life forms from off-planet. I wonder if they even know about, and this monster is sniffing Brainy. And he's like, uh, good boy. And um, eventually the animal licks Brainy. <laughs> and he's like, yuck. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's all right, stranger. 
Guzong like you, and Guzong's never wrong. You're welcome here. I'm delighted. And meanwhile, Brainy moves off onto his own and says, I seem to have lost track of Spliff for the moment, and the rest of the villagers are ignoring me. Good opportunity for me to explore and try to discover more about this culture. Oh, goodness. Um, this building looks interesting, different from the other architectural designs. Um, undoubtedly an altar of some kind, and this must be a temple to the local deity. Perhaps this call that Spliff referred to. Interesting, and another anomaly. Part of this altar is built with alloys that require processes beyond those of what the society seems to be capable. What's a computer reel? What? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there you go. Uh, meanwhile, to the west, um, Jodan is like she was free. She could have been miles away from here by now. Yet she returned and fought by our side as well as any member of the Corps, and we have proven victorious. But I failed to understand her anguish, and she's, uh, Dawnstar's like, no, no. Meanwhile, okay, there, there were three of them, and Ina was held hostage during it, so the two of them defeated an entire army of novitiates and angry people. Okay. Um, at least that's what it seemed to be set up as. It may have just been that little group, but, right. you know, whatever. And Donnie's like, murderer, savage, blood, blood everywhere, out of it, mine. And Jadon's like, what is wrong? Are you not glad to be alive instead of cold on the ground? And Donnie's like, I hate you because you have murdered, and how can I go home again? How can I face wildfire? And Jadon's like, listen to my voice. I know you don't understand my words, but listen, you are not to blame. If blame must be shouldered, then let it be on me. I should have let you go that first night when I realized in my soul I could not bring you before call. And uh, they go in to kiss, and Ina shows up. No, oh, Jadon, no, it's a true Harlequin romance moment here. Rand <laughs> was right. I was stupid to believe you. And he's like, Ina! And Donnie's like, so, now it has come to this. You'll be sorry, Jadon. You'll see. Ina, come back. You are still my novitiate. And she says, not anymore. Oh, wow. Heck has no, uh, nothing on a woman scorn. No, it? sir, no. Nope. And uh, Jodan says, I must stop her. She gets word to a lion. And Donnie says, you are wounded. You cannot chase her. You will only bleed more. And I have seen enough blood this day. Let yeah. me bind your cut. Then you can explain to your little friend. I fear we've only made matters worse by our actions. And we cannot change what has occurred. And Ina's off to the side getting her horse. Uh, why did this have to happen? I loved him, but my teacher preferred that spell on... Uh, the spell of that witch. I'll show them. I'm going back to the Reverend Mother, and then they'll be sorry. Um, and Jadon's like, I, I hope I did not anger you by my impulsiveness. It seemed the only way to tell you how I feel. And Donnie's thinking, maybe my tracking powers led me here for a purpose. Perhaps here, with him, I could have the life I could never have with Wildfire. Oh, hello. And uh, Jodan says to Donnie, I am Jodan. Jodan. And Donnie uh, says, Joe Don, yes. And I am Dawnstar. And uh, Joe Don says, Dawnstar, come, Dawnstar. There is a village not too far from here. We can find shelter. Back at Legion headquarters, Dreamy's walking through the, uh, the place. Cassandra, I need a hot tub. Can't stand feeling like this. Dirty, swelly, dirty, sweaty, swelly. Oh, my. <laughs> dirty, sweaty. My hair needs uh, washing and my nails. I haven't felt this grungy since those Durlins kidnapped us and caused us to miss poor Karate Kid's wedding to Projectra. And there's your hint about who died in the Tales um, book, because we haven't heard that yet. Reminded us all that accepting Legion responsibilities is a lifelong commitment forever interfering with our personal, our private lives. 
Meanwhile, here's Starboy looking very dapper in a tuxedo. Nura, I'm sorry about the way I acted before. I'd like to make it up to you. I've made reservations at Crab Nebula, that new restaurant along the Palisades. Come on, Galactic Gourmet gave it rave reviews, said the atmosphere was only surpassed by the seafood. I think it's just what you need, a little candlelight and music to ease your tension. Go get dressed. Um, so go. So get dressed. Computer's already sent for the air taxi. Oh, he did, did he? And, that you know, that conversation is never going to end well when it starts that way. Look, Tom, I don't need this Sir Galahad routine, so why don't you stop patronizing me? When are you going to grow up anyway? Learn to look beyond your own needs. Good night, Tom. I'm going to bed early. Breep. I take it you will no longer need the air taxi. Breep. <sighs> no, how about a game of holo checkers, Computo? Meanwhile, back in exile, Brainy is looking at the computer tape going, Most interesting, the markings are Terran in origin, yet not of this century. But they do match those of an artifact uh, dating back from the Great Wars. Hmm, numerous possibilities here. Eh? What's that, some kind of commotion outside? Villagers out in force, and they all seem to be heading toward the central plaza? Perhaps I can ascertain more by mixing with the populace. Since there's nothing more for me here, no machinery that I can see to play that reel. No one seems to be noticing my skin pigment anymore. Spliff's acceptance of me seems to be enough for these people. Good, it will allow me to move about freely and find out more. Meanwhile, I can hold on to this little treasure, and he slips the computer reel into his jumpsuit. Hard to see through this crowd, no sign of Spliff. Close to sunset, perhaps this is a daily ritual? There are two figures in the center. Strange. That mana could have hallucinogenic properties, allowing the user to see what he wishes to see. That could explain why one of them looks like Dawnstar! And uh, there's Dawnstar and Jodan in the center of all these people bowing down to them. To be concluded, next issue. Ta-da! Mm-hmm. There it so, is. So, they made this into a three-parter. Yes. I'm just saying. Yes. They're, they're, this was a three-parter in which there's a lot of thinking. Yes. A lot of and thinking. And a lot, a lot of characters and a lot of weirdness and a lot of craziness. And, and, so. and in their defense, what was interesting about this is that it was quite different from what was going on in the main book. So yes. for those that were buying both, they had – some very different types of storytelling within within the main characters and and that's kind of neat um let me just see here uh looking at the letters page um uh-huh. and we someone actually letters. someone Lots actually pointed uh, pointed out you know the the whole thing about uh um block they kind of uh they kind of still gloss over it uh ronald bird of mcgahey arizona asks why block keeps saying that humans are so hard to understand if he was once a human himself according to superboy and the legion 253 because if you remember in that they said that they were normal kids that got mm. changed right and so he got changed into this rock mo- uh, rock monster and of course they said well legion 272 cleared that point up ronald explaining that block was always a sentient rock creature who had merely befriended the children who eventually became the super assassins yeah but again in that initial yeah. issue he was tur- and you know and silver slasher actually talks about how he was specifically turned into a rock creature back then yeah yeah it was yeah you know that that was more of a direct retcon, like a everything you knew was wrong and yes. move forward <laughs> because yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, so we get the uh, the conclusion next month of, of this Exile story and DevM in trouble. Uh, yeah, DevM's going to be in trouble, yes. Yes, so we'll, we'll get into that as well. And, uh, yeah, there we go. Yay. Woot. I think that covers everything, so... I would think so, yes. Comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we will see you all next week. Mm, manna. <laughs>